At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Welcome to the law firm of Davis & Davis. We're not a real law firm. Go ahead, grab a beer a glass of wine, sit back and listen. Yes, hi. What are you doing? in here petting my cat actually it's one of the few times he's not biting and once pet it it's kind of weird and freaking me out are you talking about kendrick yes kendrick the cat and he's not eating your microphone no he's just he's just laying here and being chill it's kind of weird So every now and then it happens. You just roll with it. So I think our uh, our audience is probably sitting back after last week's show, wondering what the hell we're gonna do. So are we? So no big deal. I I have a little hint. Yes, that's right. We're going to finish our discussion about the man, the myth, the legend. Esther, go on. I want to I just do a little apology in advance. I, well, I feel like I barely scratched the surface. I had no idea how deep the rabbit hole went. This is more of a skimming uh, synopsis. Uh, it is in no way like a, a, a deep dive. It's just like, I, it, this could you could spend hours talking about this gentleman. I, we originally came up with this idea two weeks ago. We had to cancel it last week because there was so much more to go into oh yeah 
which amazed me. I was like, that's, this is insane. This guy has, this gentleman did so much and there was so much more that he, he should have done. He was actually, before he died, supposed to be writing a musical with Madonna. Oh, wow. Um, just so much that this gentleman did. Uh, and so much that he went through. I mean, I mean, uh, literally, Warner Brothers tried to take his name away. Yeah. I mean, it's insane how much shit this gentleman went through and how much he did. And, and, and bless his heart, threw it right back in their faces. <laughs> he is a fucking legend just for that. In, in preparing for this, I, I watched a lot of YouTube videos. Uh, well, I'll get into that. Let's let's start off with what are what the hell are you sucking on? It ain't no. Ron Del Barilito sipping rum. Never heard of it, but is it clear or is it colored? It's it's very oh it's dark. It's amber. It's not super dark, but it's it's very amber. Uh, good customer of mine, Jim. Uh, he just he was in for service and came and sat down. We're BSing, and he's about to leave. And I, I said, yeah, well, I, you know, I gotta I gotta go buy some bourbon for my podcast. He's like bourbon. <laughs> and he's like he he <laughs> on his iPhone has like pictures of his prides and joys of his yeah i'm like oh man he's got yeah he had a blade and bow bottle there he had not mclellan's with uh uh got the, the little round bottle oh uh, he the the one that you're using for your infinity no 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 no, no. Uh, well blade and bows what i'm using for my infinity but there's another really really good uh brand out there i can't remember it um comes in a very small roundish bottle kind of like one I had the other week, but um, yeah, he, he's got some really high end, nice bourbons and everything. And then he was like, it, Try this out, like, this is not going to break the bank, and it's a really different experience. I'm like, Okay, and uh, I, I promised I would tell him about it after I drank it today. And I mean, I had a little sip last night, just got I was curious, but it is it's a really different drinking experience. Um, I'm drinking. You could even drink it straight with no ice. It's it, which has a really different flavor at that point. On the rocks, so far, I think is the best. Um, it, I, I couldn't even begin to explain it to you. Hold on. You get caramels and vanillas, but it's not like bourbon because bourbon's that heavy, oaky. This is a much lighter but brighter flavor. Um, it, it's a it, it I, I recommend it to anyone who drinks bourbon just to try this out because it, it's kind of like a counterpoint to this is like the high notes and bourbon's kind of the base notes if that makes any sense. It does sounds interesting. I, I, I'm kind of digging it. This is the yeah. And it's nice and smooth. It doesn't break the bank either. I mean, this was $23, 25 ish dollars. It was not not bad at all. And then he 
gave me another one to try out, which I could not find. Text response. No, not you. Not you. Where'd it go? La, 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 la. Jim or Jim. Oh, there we go. The other one he said to try out. Oh, shit. Oh, it's in my pictures. Oh, dude, and it comes in this beautiful... Here, wait a minute. Check this out. It comes in this beautiful cardboard tube with gold embossing and also it's just it's a really pretty presentation it's almost like getting an iphone <laughs> <laughs> and then 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 oh god there's pictures of boats and i can't find it if i do ah so this other one is called rum and it's R-H-U-M, Barb and Court Reserve, eight-year-old. And that one, it's closer to 30 bucks a bottle. Distilled in Haiti. These are both from Haiti, by the way. Really? Yes. That's awesome. So that's what I'm drinking, and I'm, I'm really enjoying this stuff. Did I you heard hear that. that. I heard that. Uh, I'm waiting on the uh, the one that I need, um, <laughs> because I I just uh... so that didn't sound good. All right, so we're having you're we're having storms today. Okay. And I just lost power. Oh shoot. Uh, well, hang on a second. Oh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, give us a second. Hold on, is it coming back? No, I have battery backups. Uh, but they only last so long. But they really only last so long. Uh, so at this point in time, uh, the screens that I have that um, show Burke are shut off. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so I can do this and you can't see what I'm doing. I can now. I just switched oh, okay. you over to the, <laughs> to the small, um, give me like two seconds here. I have okay. to go shut off the light that's on my battery backups on my, on my, uh, yeah, whatever. Hang on. Okay. However, during this brief interludes, Scott has forgotten to stop recording. So now it's just all you guys and me. So this is going to be pretty boring stuff right here. Oh, wait, he's coming back. Hello. Hello. Um, all right. 
I'm back. I have a uh, one hour and fifty eight minutes of battery time. <laughs> That's uh yeah, I, I don't even know. Stop that. Uh enter, enter, stop. You turning off your AC? No, I'm trying to turn off my countdown timer. Oh. <laughs> and nothing is working. Is the countdown timer on its own battery or not? It's on its own battery. Uh, gosh, this is just, this is fabulous, isn't it? <laughs> countdown 40 enter so my countdown clock is still working look at i still have lights uh i have 75 minutes of lighting left on, <laughs> uh uh, in my state hey, see this uh, this is great though you have to admit i i'm still doing a show with no power whatsoever no power uh, it is cool so anyways i guess i should get to what i'm drinking yeah what are you drinking uh i would tell you if you could find it man scott's gone Oh, it's a, it's a, well, it's a little orange Corvette, but it's close enough. I get it. It is. It, it, you, little orange Corvette. Sorry. Holy crap, dude. There is freaking hail like crazy going on right now. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh, what am I looking for here? I am looking for this. Scott Davis. Uh, Kick that up. All right. I am. Come on. There you go. I am starting or I am doing a new bourbon today. Ooh. Uh, and when you see the price on this, do not worry. This is not the price that I paid. <laughs> Uh, because I, I, if I saw this on yours, I would look at you and go, you're freaking stupid for paying for that. <laughs> Let's see here. Basic. Uh, I can only go to one screen now. Oh, guess what? <laughs> we have power. Oh, nice. That was what that dun, dun, dun was. Sweet. Uh, let's get everything distributed where it needs to be. Boom. Moving this down here. Is it, I'm, I'm sorry, people. I'm, as a matter of fact here. All right. So I am sharing my screen with you right now, am I not? Yes, yes, you are. And that was the bourbon I was trying to come up with just a little while ago was Lantons. That, my dear boy. Ooh. 
So I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, that, that I'm drinking out of a Christmas cup, but I don't own any highballs. So if people want to send me some highballs, I would be a happy man. Well, I'm uh, drinking out of a small glass coffee cup because it's just the right size and it has a handle. You got to love that. Uh, new share. Mm. Um, so I am partaking in thing called Blanton's single barrel bourbon whiskey. Uh, on the websites online, I found a couple here and there. It's right around $250 to $300 a bottle. I did not pay that much no. for it. <laughs> Anyone that knows me, I'm, I'm cheap. Um, anyways, that is, uh, that is my, my drink of choice for the evening. Uh, as you- a matter of fact, I am about to take my first sip. Ooh. Have you had this before? I have not. Oh. It's tremendously smooth for <laughs> nine, for 93%. Yeah, yeah. 90, it's, 93 proof, yeah. It's extremely yeah, 93 proof, sorry. Um it's a oh what am what am I tasting? Compared you can, to the you, Willet. Okay, compared to the Willet, I get a stronger caramel flavor. Okay. To it. I get a stronger oak flavor to it. Okay. But it's not that burnt oak. Okay. No. I, I get a real woody feeling. And it doesn't burn at all. <laughs> I mean, there's there's nothing. I, there's a lot of car, almost a vanilla taste to it. It's, I, I, I kind of get vanilla in this rum, too. So that's, that's kind of cool. Hang on. Okay, I, I don't know if this ever happens to you. Whenever I drink like a good bourbon or good scotch or whatever, when I drink it, I can sense it up in my nose. Like 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 wasabi when it goes up your nose. Kind of yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. It's like you take you swallow. And while it's going down your throat, it's also going up into your nasal cavity. So you're getting this great smell. I, it's it's smell of vision with with the with the taste with it. I <laughs> I'm telling I, I I am not the person that's going to spend three hundred dollars on a bottle of bourbon. No, but if you somehow get the opportunity to receive this to just try it i don't care what do it it's it's a phenomenal sipping bourbon i could sit here and drink this all night (laughs) you guys would be fucked but i (laughs) would enjoy every minute of that 
especially since I've had two days off in a row. <laughs> I'll tell you what, <laughs> not do me a favor. Go- not many golf courses are open when it's raining like this. <laughs> uh, do let me share screen. I'll show you some boat stuff here real quick. Keep forgetting I got Google Photos on my computer that I can reference. You should wait. You should be able to share. Sharing will stop other computer sound share. Yes. Look at Alrighty. that. Let's see. So there's the front of the boat with some fairing on it. It's looking nice. like the front of a boat now, isn't it? That is actually looking really good. Look at that. Oh, he did. Oh, he's feathering that out. Nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, this is further down and I. That's a big patch. Well, no, it's actually the the white part there kind of at the middle bottom is really the only damage, but you want to get further out so you can do a big piece of glass to give it as much structure and rigidity as you can. This is, oh, that's just a mine. That's a that's just flesh wound. Yeah, well, it's up on top. It's not. <laughs> yeah, you just this stuff. You need it to be waterproof. It's not structural. And this was kind of on the underside. You can see a little bit of that there. Nice. So this is this is all my glass work. That patch there. That's more. They threw on some more fairing. That's just ugly. But it, it's fiberglassing is like you 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 throw the crap on there. You grind it off. You start smoothing it down. It's 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 kind of like uh, sculpting almost. So anyway, oh, that's the Ron Del Barnado Barolito Barolito. Yes, it's such a pretty bottle. I couldn't find the bottle because it was in this tube. I was looking for that bottle on the shelf. Nice. <laughs> All right. All right. Is, I think that's everything. Eduardo Fernandez. Oh, here we go. A couple days ago, I come home. This is my shed there on the right. Yeah. There's cops. There's a, yeah, the, the, the old guy who lives next door, I guess his grandson freaked out, was naked, busted out the window on the second floor, was hanging out the window naked. They took him away in a stretcher. <laughs> this is taken through my back window. <laughs> so, yeah, that was exciting. Mm. Alrighty then. Uh all right. I I guess I'll I guess I'll do the bad news. Um we're recording this Tuesday. What what is the date today? Tuesday, May twenty-fourth. And uh uh I I just want want to, to say that we're we're thinking about the the shooting victims here in texas this morning um sad that's that's rough well it's 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 sad and it didn't have to happen the kid that did it was 18 years old and and it's like you know we i don't know what to do i'm uh uh yeah we're we're now up to 18 children dead and and one adult um at some point in time it's gotta stop but where was this in relation to where you are well i i didn't look that up i did not look up what city this was in i think this is 
over towards the uh the Mexican border. Okay. Um Uvalde. Uvalde, Texas. Uh let me see here. It is Google Maps is a fabulous thing. Yes, it is. Um, so it looks like, yeah, it looks like it is about two yes. hours west of San Antonio, which puts it, I mean, Del Rio's right on the border. Yeah. And this is only about an hour away from Del Rio. Uh, the population of 15,000. I mean, that's the size of Medina. Um, it, it's just, it's a small city. And unfortunately, they they killed the gunman. Well, I don't want to say unfortunately. He killed a bunch of people. But honestly, we got to start catching these guys to see what's going on in their head. That's the only way that we're going to figure out how to stop this stuff. Um, Honestly, I, I, I thought all school teachers in Texas were armed, but. Mm. You know what? That's kind of a myth. Everyone thinks that we're all gun toting, uh, headstrong bastards down here. And, and we are headstrong, but most of us don't carry guns. There's it's something like 40% of the population has a concealed handgun <laughs> license. Um, now here in Texas, the fabulous thing is that you don't need a concealed handgun license. If you just want to wear it on your belt and let people see it, um, which is most of the time a deterrent enough. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now teachers in the state are allowed to get a CCL. Uh, uh, and you know, are are we really to that point? It's most most of the school. Like when I worked at when I worked at Irving High School, we had two police officers on campus at all times. Yeah, but that's so, a little bit bigger city than this. That is true. That is true. I don't know what I don't know I, what the, I, I, I don't know what the answer is either, man. Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm tired of, of waking up every day, seeing somebody else shot. And, uh, I mean, I, I think that, that people that are law abiding citizens should have the right to have a gun. Um, but we got to get these crazies. We got to get the guns out of the crazy people's hands. Well, that's the rub. How do you do it? That, well, and, and in, in, in an ethical and fair, you know, it's like, I, I don't know. You, you know, uh, it, if, if you're a law abiding citizen and you want to go buy a gun, wouldn't you be all right with taking a freaking mental exam? I, I would be, I, I, it wouldn't bother me. True. You know, now if they honestly, I've been, I've been kind of against kids with guns for a long time. I think that you need to be 21 or 25 years old to own a gun. It's all right if your parents own a gun, but if you use that gun for something, 
the parents have to be charged. Yep, there goes Kendrick. Goodbye, Kendrick. <laughs> He's getting um, bitey. It's time to go. Um, you know, it, it's it, it's just too much of this stuff is uh, it's too much and most of the most of the people that are that are creating these problems lately are young that's either telling me that your parents aren't teaching proper gun control you know uh, is, yeah. is, is that the answer do we start putting these parents in jail for what their kids do Oh, I think they need to do some time, especially if it's their gun that does it. Yeah, absolutely. They're responsible for it. They're responsible for their gun. They're responsible for their kids. So well, they're, they're responsible. To, I, I've said this from the beginning. My, my father taught me how to use a gun. My father taught me how to, uh, my father was the one that made sure that I kept a lock on my gun at all times. You know, it's, if you're not teaching your kids this stuff, it was an 18 year old kid that killed these kids. What was, what did the parents teach him? Yeah. yeah. If he was, if he was mentally distraught, why did the parents not talk to somebody to get him fixed or lock up their guns or yeah. Take away his gun. I mean, I don't know. Don't know the answer to this, but you know what? It's happening way too much. I believe in the second amendment, but I also believe that I used to have a saying, which was you can outlaw guns. You can't outlaw stupidity. Yeah. Would that we could. Yeah. That that's apparently or not. Apparently it, it is against the law for us to ban stupid people from the world. I, I wish we could <laughs> kind of like those crazy dudes on my golf course. <laughs> Don't listen to anyone. Anyways, anyways, uh, what did you do this past week? We have been away from each other for a week. Freaking <laughs> doing so much research on no, I know, right? Work's been on and off, weird, busy. I've been, I was helping on the boat on Sunday for a lot of the day. Um, not a whole heck. Of, I had this weird thing where like my uh, my tire light came on in my car, and I'm like, oh, I better, yeah, take it to work, get it fixed, whatever. You know, the Saturday was very busy. Unfortunately, they didn't have time to get to it, so I I just pulled it in. Asked one of the loop tech guys, hey, can I borrow your your air thing? And yeah, it's it's a nice one too. Digital gauge on there, you know, so you just hit the trigger and wait till the digital gauge reads whatever. God, I love that. Okay, well, I, it said five. I'm like, oh crap, man, that's what I, so I'm pumping it up, pumping it up. I get up to 36. It was weird because you let the trigger go, and it would it would it would stay for a second and then start dropping down like a whole pound. I'm like, God, is this my tire? Or, Mm. No, no, because it would level out and stop. I'm like, okay. So I get it to about 30, 35, 36, whatever. No problem. Reset my light. Drive. I was driving that night and my tire light comes on again. I'm like, whatever. So Sunday I go up to Bob's and he's got the, oh God, he blew up his, his yellow. Different Bob guys. 
different pub. That is can't. Yeah, this is the guy with the boat up in Kabul. He blew up another engine on his yellow Sprite. Oh no! Oh yeah, second one this year. Oh, that is bad. That's yeah, bad. Yeah, this guy has had the worst, worst possible luck in the past month with cars and just life in general. But anyway, I, I get up there and. I grab his, you know, just regular, and it's a nice gauge, but it's just a gauge, you know, put it on my tire. It's at 60 fucking what? pounds. Um, wow. I'm like, oh, no shit. My lights are, <laughs> so I backed it on down to 32. I checked all the other ones. My other front was like at 27. Maybe that's the one that actually has the leak. I don't know. So we'll just watch it. Me, I was like, I got to tell that dude at work. Like, what was this metric? It was this kilometers per square inch what the <laughs> man kilograms per square inch what what, what was this gotta love that God, I mean, 60 I, pounds I, in a tire like oh shit <laughs> i didn't realize you could fit 60 pounds in a tire usually they burst right off of the rim after about 50 eh, it was all right um Hey, so everyone knows the American Legion did put out a thing saying fly the United States flag at half staff now through sunset on Saturday, May 28th, honoring the victims of the tragedy in Uvalde, Texas. So there you go. Drop your flags, everyone. That the United States or just Texas? That's the United States. Okay. Uh, What did I do this weekend? Besides working? Well, here's the thing. (laughs) we had sigma on thursday who rented out the entire golf course sigma or signet sigma don't know them it is some sort of a financial company that I, i i don't know what they do exactly i don't know much about them all i know is that the the on two of the par threes that we have on the course, they had a $10,000 prize for the person closest to the pin. So apparently they make too much money is what they do. That's what I was screaming. Friday came and we had, uh, the homeless veterans association. Cool. Who rented out the entire course. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of freaking money. Uh, then on Saturday, we had the um, Combat Veterans Association. Cool. Who rented out most of the course, not all of it. They were only, I think they were 240 people. Okay. The, other, the other groups were over 300. I've never seen groups that big. <laughs> First thing that I will say, and then I had Sunday off. I've never had a Sunday off. What the hell? (laughs) So I had Sunday off. Then I worked Monday. Then I was supposed to work today, but it was supposed to rain all day. So they said, don't even come in. I was like, okay, okay, great. Um, I don't work tomorrow. I have, I worked thursday i'm off i think it's friday oh wow i'm off saturday i work sunday monday and then i'm off tuesday wednesday i don't 
I think I'm going to get like 15 hours this week. It's uh, weird. Weird hours. I, fuck it. Don't care. Don't really care. Um, but besides that, I actually met up with a friend of mine who owns uh, the Big Apple, which is a bar right, or right, right about a mile down the road from me. Uh, who during COVID I kind of started becoming really good friends with since the only things that were open during COVID were golf courses and bars. <laughs> great. It's a great life. Uh, so he and I had some wonderful conversations and I, I just happened to receive a beautiful bottle of bourbon from him. Oh, wow. Thank you very much. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, if you are in the Dallas Fort Worth area, go to the Big Apple. <laughs> They've got great pizza. They've got wonderful booze. They've got a nice pool table that I like to play on. I, I, I had fun. I cool. Had fun. Anyways, that's about it for my, uh, my exciting weekend. Um, so there you go. Oh, and by the way, I did do research again. Yes. Because this topic we're about to get into was huge. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was massive. We chose poorly. Very poorly. <laughs> um, and, and I, I don't know if you can see this on your screen, but my ears are wagging inside and out. Um, that, that is not a problem with the video. That is actually my ears doing that because I was freaking tired of Prince. <laughs> I watched, I watched, uh, there was a documentary that, that they did that's on YouTube that talked about the, the Super Bowl show that he did. Uh, which I don't know. It is as possibly one of the best Super Bowl half times ever. What? Wait, it was. It was the best Super Bowl uh, show I think I've ever seen. And it was, it was, it was cool. In the documentary, they go over several different things about it. Uh, but it was raining, and oh. it was raining during this so they called prince before before the show and said listen it, it, it's raining um are, are you okay with this and he said can can you make it rain harder <laughs> i was like that's a freaking awesome answer but <laughs> I mean, it totally made sense with him ending that set on perp on the song Purple Rain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyways, people, the, the show today that we are about to get into right after our break here uh, is basically it's not really a deep dive into Prince. This is a bits and pieces from his past. I, I guess is maybe the best way to put it. Maybe a little insight into 
who he was and how he became who he was? I I think the best way to explain this is is both Burke and myself uh, have a lot of of influence from Prince. Oh, yeah. I I in the entertainment industry have a ton of influence from him from his lighting designer the way that his lighting designer incorporated lighting into the shows uh just he was an incredible artist that i think every person could get something out of and that's that's just what he was um anyways we're gonna have to take a little break here before we get into this uh this whole thing um is there anything else that we need to discuss before we get into this thing not that i know of except that i don't have a clue what we're doing next week oh Uh, but you have ideas okay good okay that's good you're not gonna like them but Uh, yeah it's that's that goes all the way back to college uh there 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 yeah uh we actually have two movie reviews after this are you gonna also give me the choice of like two and two like i do for you or this is what it is and i could do that for one of them (laughs) but i'm always nice i'm always nice to go okay choose this one or this one and then this one or this one here here's the thing scott's copy of the new batman movie arrives tomorrow oh which i've seen half of so we will be doing our review of the batman next week fair enough uh the other movie is either stripes or spies like us, uh, which you know, I've never seen spies like us all the way through, or and that's why I think you should really lean towards spies like us uh, because we've seen Stripes and we love Bill Murray, oh, but yeah. but but I I, I w- listen, I was really torn on this. But I really want to do Spies Like Us because you haven't seen it. You haven't right. seen it all the way through. I was going to say, I was going to say Stripes and Ghostbusters. Oh, uh, God, that's that's Ghostbusters is two shows. Ghostbusters. I love that movie. Dude. I know. I know. <laughs> you, you got you got my you got my favorites in there you got dan Aykroyd and it's everything it's 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 a phenomenal movie um anyways on that note we will tell you at the end of the show which movie burke decides on actually (laughs) we'll make it we'll make it no here you can do stripes ghostbusters or spies like us no i i i'm i'm gonna do spies like us because you love that movie. You, oh, I you do. absolutely love that movie. So I, 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 am I missing something here? I, 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 my curiosity is now peaked. So it'll be, it'll be spies like us. 
Awesome. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> so it would be a nice counterpoint of this is a movie that you know all about. This will be my first impressions, basically. So be a nice little. <laughs> That's freaking awesome. All, all right, people. L- let me get some uh l- let me get some transition music going here. Because uh because I can. He can try. No, I, I'm gonna cut that piece out because I want to use that to take us into the 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 okay thing anyway so i'm <laughs> i'm gonna cut that bit out i'm gonna use a different well i didn't hear anything so you may not be sharing with me because i was sharing my pictures oh, thank god <laughs> <laughs> all right there we go computer sound is sharing all right ladies and gentlemen we will be back see you soon At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. We are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Electric word, life, it means forever, and that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you, there's something else. The afterworld. A world of never-ending happiness. You can always see the sun. Day or night. So when you call up that shrink in Beverly Hills, you know the one, Dr. Everything will be alright. Probably the best way to start any movie. Yeah, I'll go with that. Um, So Burke and I started talking about this almost a month ago. Can't believe that it was almost a month ago. I know, right? 
Uh, we were talking about meatballs when this originally came up. Yes, that is correct. And uh, uh, both Burke and myself said that this movie was was something special. So we started uh, started doing this deep dive into the movie and, and said we need to do a show on Prince. I didn't realize how much of a fiasco that was going to be. <laughs> Yeah, we we have a stake. We're almost a month into this, and like Burke said in the first segment, yeah, I'm gonna apologize now. We didn't even scratch the surface. I don't feel. I mean, it's just there's so much. This is a brief overview. Maybe you'll find out some stuff you didn't know. Maybe you'll hear some stuff that kind of adds a little more context to things you've heard and seen from him, but, uh, but by no means the entirety of, of, of his whole life. Oh my gosh. I, I don't, I think that that's something for people to go to, uh, Minneapolis and, and see it. Uh, his, his, studio has basically been turned into a, a museum a museum yeah time uh he's he changed music he made he made funk even funkier funner. yeah it, it was it was it was more fun after prince dealt with it and uh, there's tons of stuff that 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 is involved here i did not realize that the two number one hits that morris day and the time had were both written by prince oh yeah prince had number one songs that he didn't sing he oh, wrote yeah. them he wrote them so him and bruce springsteen bruce Stringstein? Stringstein? Yeah, I think that was his name. Hang on. I have to drink a sip of my $299 bottle of <laughs> bourbon. I, I've switched a little uh, Diet Pepsi just to because I can't sip straight rum that <laughs> hmm. So what we've done here is we've separated this into a couple of well four different categories basically yeah the first category burke's gonna hit you guys with and i'm gonna actually discuss with chime him. in yes i will definitely chime in on this because i did some research as well but we're we're gonna discuss his early years we're gonna discuss his music we're going to discuss songs that he wrote for other people and then i have an entire segment on people prince have date has dated that that might almost be its own show there uh when i started doing the research of that it scared me I mean, it puts David Spade to to shame. 
it scared me. <laughs> All right. So on that note, I'm going to let Mr. Burt take off. I'm going to do a little fly like an eagle. Going to do a little just kind of like overview reading here. So Prince Rogers Nelson, born June 7th, 1958, passed away at a too young of an age on April 21st, 2016. Born and raised in Minneapolis, Minnesota, as we all know. Prince signed a record deal with Warner Brothers Records at the age of 19. Let me say that one more time. 19. Uh, he released the albums for you in 1978. Prince in 1979 uh, went on to achieve critical success with his innovative album Dirty Mind in 1980. Controversy in 1981. And then, of course, his album 1999, all the way back in 1982. That, which was kind of my, I can't say that. I remember the first time I ever saw Prince was American Bandstand, actually. And it was, I want to be your lover. And I could not believe that this guy was getting away with these lyrics on American Bandstand. I was like, <laughs> how in the <laughs> hell did they let you do that? But anyway. Uh, his sixth album, of course, was his penultimate Purple Rain, which was 1984. Uh, this was recorded with his backup band, The Revolution. It was the soundtrack to his film, an acting debut of the same name. Purple Rain spent six consecutive months atop the Billboard 200. He won the Academy Award for Best Original Song Score. Uh, after he disbanded the revolution, he went on to achieve continued critical success with Sino the Times in 1987. All right. Do you know why he split up from the revolution? I honestly don't know. And it's kind of weird because after doing this little kind of digging, everything it's like every person like in the revolution or that was in the movie or like they've all been tied together for years. Yes. Just years. Um, but I'll let you get into that later. Um, I, I'm actually not going to get into that because I, I, I was actually asking the question because there's so many different, uh, answers as to why oh. he split from the revolution that i was wondering if you had found stuff. i hadn't come across it i would almost i would almost garner a guess of he was trying to snub warner brothers in yet another way would be I, my guess and i i do believe that all of it comes down to that lawsuit which i'm sure that we're going to discuss at some point in time because it was a sad, sad, yeah. I mean, well, we'll discuss that. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Go on um, with your, uh, your yeah. backlog of yeah. within the midst of a contractual dispute with Warner yeah. brothers in 1993, he changed his stage name to the unpronounceable symbol that the fans referred to as the love symbol. And at that point, everyone referred to him either as the artist formerly known as Prince or simply the artist. 
So, and Prince's real name was Prince. His name was Prince Roger Nelson. He was named after his father's jazz combo. And both of his parents were, were musicians. They actually, his father and mother met when the, his father was doing the, the Prince uh, jazz trio. I think it was. His father was actually a jazz artist who played with several people, including Grover Washington, uh, which I will say happy birthday, Grover today. The actual day today is Grover Washington, the third's <laughs> birthday. Nice. Happy birthday to you, Grover. Uh, I, miss, uh, I miss him so much. I, I miss partying with him. Um, but yes, uh, his father was, was a jazz musician, but also a composer. Yes. He just never made it as a composer. He wrote a lot. And uh, you got to remember, he was a black man in Minnesota in the fifties and sixties. It was not a, not a, not a great time, you know, not a, not a fruitful environment. He was not a Viking. <laughs> he did not eat loose fisk. He is not the finish. Uh, um, I only say that because something like 65% of the population in Minnesota or in Minneapolis is Finnish. Mm -hmm. So anyways, so you can move on with your, he was actually, I found this kind of hilarious in a backwards way. Uh, despite his rather diminutive stature, cause he, he was only measured at five foot two. Uh, he was an extremely talented basketball player. And he played on the Minneapolis Central High School junior varsity team and continued to play recreationally as an adult. Um, while he was, it was actually, it was actually one of his aspirations in high school to be a professional basketball player. Yeah. At five foot one. (laughs) He was never a starter. And that always bugged him. Uh, he said, he said that I, or I, I'm sorry, his coach, I think, said, I knew he wanted to be starting and felt he should be starting. He was unhappy, expressed that many, many times, but it is what it is. Now, did you ever see the uh, Dave Chappelle bit with Charlie Murphy? Uh, no, I don't believe oh. I, I have. Dear God, we should pull that up and let you watch it. On the Dave Chappelle show. Okay. Eddie Murphy's brother, Charlie Murphy, was one of the, the comedian, the players on the Dave Chappelle show. And they did this whole bit about uh, back in the day with Charlie Murphy, basically. But one of the times was when he was at Studio 54 and they met up with Prince and Prince like invited all these guys back to his his pad and they wanted to play basketball and all the, you know, all these guys are laughing and everything. And, and, and all of a sudden, Charlie Murphy was like, dude, that cat could ball. And, and of course, Chappelle is playing Prince in the background as a sketch. But it was like, I always thought it was just a made up bullshit. They would know. <laughs> I'll bet Charlie Murphy got schooled on the basketball court by Prince <laughs> and the revolution. <laughs> and it's just, and they, they didn't even bother to change their outfits. They were still in their frilly outfits and everything. And Charlie Murphy and all his crew were in, you know, sweats and everything. And then they got schooled by the revolution, which I find hilarious. Uh, let's oh see my here. God. 
Let's see. I could recall another one, like, in, you know, I think it was in 85, like, when all that androgynous was going on. And what was wild was that the guy who looked the most like, like a bitch was getting all the women. <laughs> Even I had the jerry curls coming outside and all that. If you wearing baggy now and you acting hard, if you from L.A., you motherfuckers wearing some, some things. We, we in the club, we get our groove on shaking it up. And Prince came in. That's when Purple Rain came out and, and Prince was the You know what I'm saying? Prince had on like a, it was like a Zorro type outfit. He had the ruffles come down the front. He had the big perm. <laughs> mustache and everything that was drawn on his face. And it looked like something that a figure skater would wear. You know what I'm saying? And he was with his whole crew and he had his other cat. Uh, I think this is the skit, isn't it? This is the, yes, this is the one. Okay. Uh, named Mickey Free. And Mickey Free was like the new cat in <laughs> Shalimar. When he joined the group, I heard mad cats like, yo, Shalimar got a new, new girl in there, man. That bitch firing like a motherfucker. They was talking about Mickey Free, man. Okay? Mickey Free is not a girl, all right? They came over where we was at. Prince started talking to my brother. Hello, Eddie Murphy. Prince, what's up? I'm a big fan of your comedies. Oh, that's hot, Prince. Would you like to come to my house and listen to some music? Ooh, that's cool. Fruity, get the car. No. Assemble your crew. I'll be outside. <laughs> we, we get there, put the tracks on tracks, we're slamming. You know what I mean? We're listening to the music and everything. We're grooving at the crib. We got, got girls over there. Yeah, nice environment. It was, it, was, it was tight. This bores me. Is anyone up for a game of basketball? <laughs> How about you and your friends versus me and the revolution? <laughs> so I was like, this nigga must be joking, man. He, I don't know. I don't know where he's going with this. But he was dead serious. He had his uh, help or whatever go and get some like short uh -oh. sneakers and gave them to us and laughed. Oh, we might be having some technical difficulties here, folks. Are you back? Well, I'm here with you. Um, <laughs> hang on. I'm sure that you can guess what just happened. Uh, the electricity went out again. Hmm. I don't know how you would know that. <laughs> the diddle-loop, diddle-loop, diddle-loop. <laughs> um all of my all of my 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 three touch screens turning off <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh so anyways that the the skit will will have a link on the on the well we, if, if scott's power comes back we will definitely go back to that sketch because it, it is a classic so anyway um Oh, the cat is coming back up. No, uh, hi, hi, Kendrick. Kendrick, excuse me. All right, go sit over there. Chill out. I need my keyboard. There you go. Um, a little more background. Prince has sold over one hundred and fifty million records worldwide, ranking him among the best-selling musical artists of all times. 
He has released songs under multiple pseudonyms also during his life, as well as writing songs that were made by popular by other musicians. I'm going to let you go into that whole list right there. His awards include a Grammy President's Merit Award, the American Music Awards Achievement and of Merit, the Billboard Icon Award, an Academy Award, a Golden Globe Award, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2004, the UK Music Hall of Fame in 2006, the Rhythm and Blues Music Hall of Fame in 2016, and inducted into the Black Music and Entertainment Walk of Fame in 2022. When we were just talking about his dad, John Nelson, piano player in a jazz band by night, worker at Honeywell, the electronics company by day, Nelson is black and Italian. His ex-wife says uh, Prince of His Mother is a mixture of a bunch of things. Okay. On stage, his father was called Prince Rogers, and that's what he named his son, Prince Roger Nelson. John moved out of the family home when Prince was seven, but he left behind his piano, and it became the first instrument that Prince had learned how to play. And he would listen to, like, TV and stuff, and he would play the songs that he heard, like Batman, The Man from Uncle. Uh, he said his first drum set was a full box of newspapers. Uh, he said, explaining how he came to play a whole range of instruments. Uh, at 13, he went to live with his aunt. Uh, she didn't have room for a piano, but his dad bought him an electric guitar and he learned how to play that. Auntie wasn't too keen on that noise, so she threw him out. <laughs> it was then that Prince turned up at Andre's place. So, Andre Simone Anderson, later known as Andre Simone, is an American bassist, songwriter, and record producer. He was the bass guitar player for Prince's touring band, Pre-Revolution. Uh, Simone actually did a solo career in 1981. His song, The Dance Electric, which was written by Prince, reached number 10 on the R&B charts in 1985. Uh, Simone also co-wrote and produced hit songs for other acts, including Jody Watley's Looking for a New Love and Real Love. Uh, Simone was also born in Minneapolis. He's the son of Fred Anderson, a musician who was Prince's father's, in Prince's father's band. So these guys were actually related from dads uh prince's cousin charles smith started the band grand central and invited simone to play in that and that band also included simone's sister linda and morris day so they have been connected from the beginning his dad was actually a big wig in the funk industry uh Worked with a lot of a lot of artists, and including Lakeside, which mm, I've heard of them is is a band from Ohio, a funk band from Ohio. I've lit them like fifty times. I love that band. Uh, yeah, there. Uh, his dad was really kind of big in the industry. Just, just not, never broke out. Just was never a top artist yeah and there there were uh 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 green bean there there was a uh jelly bean that was it 
they actually did an interview with him and and he said he drove by prince's house the one day and heard prince playing the drums yeah and he was like hold on that's my job uh, <laughs> he, even I, when even when he when prince like had some people over and I, I may have this written down somewhere else but he he would go up like behind the bass player and like reach around him and go all right i need you to play you know this e sharp major but you know go backwards from the the uprift or whatever you know he would go to the drummer and go okay do you know and, and kind of grab his arms and I, I need this kind of a beat here and then he would go play guitar and everything like he was that he was that good back in high school and and, yeah. and kind of a control freak back then too he wanted it to sound perfect he was definitely a micromanager all the way through his career oh yeah uh when when i mean when he was with with the revolution he used to be really rough on them and i mean he he would walk oh, yeah. over he'd walk over to the drums and start playing now this is how i need you to play it yeah <laughs> he'd it walk over little, to it, the bass it was a little bit tough for the drummer too because he was um like they transitioned over from drill drums to synth drums electric yeah and, and it was it was it was kind of tough on the dude but he, he he adapted you know improvise adapt and overcome all right all right bitey cat you're up. I, I think that's i think that's uh, okay that's where that's where purple rain really came into fruition was when they were changing their sound to almost a full synth yeah sound 19, 1999 was was heavy heavy synth heavy also. synth yes yeah. but anyway and um let me let me go back we'll we'll sure we'll circle on. back on this eventually i'm sure so um uh, he did a song called Better Way that was performed by James Ingram and fe featured on Beverly Hills Cop 2, released in 87. Jellybean Johnson, there you the guy go. you were just talking about, was in a rival band in Minnesota. Um, he ended up being the drummer in the time. Um, but he said watching a 15, 16-year-old kid, he was referring to Prince, play Carlos Santana and play it note for note was phenomenal to me. He said, I knew that he was different than anybody else and this was way back in the day um his classmates there in central high knew that he was a talented musician um halfway through the sophomore year he had quit the basketball team and was dedicating all his free time to jamming in the music room uh he had an aversion to joining the school band or taking formal lessons it was a fact that was noted in his first piece of press ever a 1976 article in the student newspaper the central high pioneer he likes Central a great deal because his music teachers let him work on his own. Uh, Prince preferred to get his music education from the stereo and spending hours with Andre and, and Anderson's basement listening to rock and folk art. He used to listen to stuff like Joni Mitchell and Carlos Santana on the FM radio station called uh, KQRS. Um, big into the R&B and soul and funk via the black community radio station KUXL and uh, an AM channel that was only broadcast to a small section of North Minneapolis. So he uh, had recorded a raw demo tape with a respect 
respected young Minneapolis producer named Chris Moon. And together they had been polishing a promising new song. I'm kind of jumping a little ahead here. Uh, this song was called Soft and Wet. And this was uh, the song Prince was sure to make a strong impression. He, st- he was struggling to make it to make the necessary connections that would land him with a meeting with a label in New York. Um, and my stuff is a little messed up here. What's going on here? Chris Moon decided to take a copy of Soft and Wet Demo to an advertising office in the Loring Park neighborhood of Minneapolis. It was run by a musician and concert promoter named Owen Husney. This guy was a veteran of the music industry, and he had been presented with many demo tapes over the years, but something about the song that Moon brought him that immediately grabbed him. He said the music was reminiscent of the funk greats like Sly Stone and Hendrix and Santana. The vocals were delivered in a powerful yet vulnerable falsetto that captured the imagination. Um, he said he was immediately struck that something was really different. He's turned to Chris and I said, so who's the band? And the guy said, well, Owen, it's not really a band. And I thought, Oh shit, it's a bunch of studio musicians. Cause I don't really want to work with studio musicians. They can't tour. And he said, no, it's not a studio band. It, it's one kid. And he just turned 18 and he's singing everything and playing all the instruments. Um, after some wheeling and dealing, Husney managed to set up a meeting in Los Angeles with Warner Brothers, uh, A&M, and Columbia. So mm-hmm. Three different, you know, major. Within a week, all three labels were offering to sign Prince. And within a month, he had negotiated a three-album deal with Warner Brothers. It was the largest record deal for an untested artist in modern rock history. All right, all right. Before you go any further, mm-hmm. we have to explain that Chris Moon uh, ran or started a su- studio in South Minneapolis. Their entire job was just to do jig- jingles for television. <laughs> and was this Hot Pink Records, Inc.? Well, he owns that. Okay. Because supposedly uh, that was, there was a an album called 94 East Minneapolis Genius, which supposedly is the very, very first recording on vinyl of Prince. And he was playing guitar for that album. Yeah, Chris Moon uh, was huge in the start of, of Prince, but as well... Uh, he worked with Stevie wonder and several others. Chris moon was the one that started the whole Warner brothers project. Okay. With the, uh, with the soft and wet funk album. Uh, so yeah. So now much to Prince's relief, his new manager handled much of the glad handing and pitching and business deals while Prince could focus on writing more songs. Uh, when it came time for Prince to attend a lunch with the staff of Warner Brothers to celebrate the signing and whatever, uh, he usually started brainstorming creative ways that he and Prince might thank the label for their commitment. Because it, it, that was, I mean, I will give Warner Brothers credit for that. That was a big step. You know, signing some 18-year-old kid to a three-record day. I mean, that's big. That's huge. So... 
Prince turned to the language that he spoke, spoke more fluently than most music. He wrote and recorded a brand new song just for the occasion. And after the lunch, Prince brought the executives of Warner Brothers into an office, press play, and on the ominously titled track, I Hope We Work It Out. <laughs> uh, but all the execs were kind of blown away with the fact that somebody who was 18 years old had just written a song specifically as a thank you for an entire record label. Well, that's that kind of guy Prince was. Still amazes me that he played every instrument. Oh, for the first like three albums? Yes. Yeah. So here we go. Yeah. January 26th, 1980 is when Prince performed I Want to Be Your Lover on the Dick Clark Saturday afternoon American bandstand. Did you happen to see that that clip from it? The, oh yeah. The interview with Oh, Dick I missed no, no, I missed the interview part. Okay, the interview with Dick Clark afterwards is it, by all uh something to watch because dick clark was expecting somebody who was going to be really energetic and all that stuff and prince is scared all the way through the freaking interview it was like one word answers and i was like i mean this poor kid had been an introvert his whole life unless he was on stage as in quotation marks prince there was prince nelson and then there was prince it was almost like bowie i mean bowie yeah. was kind of an introverted dude unless he was on and that's why bowie had so many personas on stage because he could put on a mask and he didn't have to worry about being bowie he could be that other person so yeah kind of a yeah so at the time of american bandstand uh, it was in its first two weeks at number 11 on the Billboard's top 100, which would be the peak position that it got to. It did spend 16 weeks on the top 100. And on November 25th, it reached number one for two weeks on Billboard's hot R&B singles charts. Uh, 78 to 06, he had 40. So between 1978 and 2006, he had 47 records on the top 100 chart. Ooh. 47. That's, when I read that little tidbit, I was like, oh, crap. I've bitten off way more than I can chew. Um, <laughs> 20 of those made top 10 with five of them reaching number one. Uh, of his 47 charted records... Uh, one was a duet. You got the look with Sheena East and it peaked at number two. Um, so yeah, I, I was like, Oh crap. We're in trouble here. So it looks like I go off on a little tangent about some people that he. Hold on. Uh, you said you got the look top. Yeah. Out what? It, it apparently peaked out at number two for one week in 1987. Ah. Okay. I, I have the UK list. Mm, okay. So um, my numbers are going to be slightly different, but I couldn't find, I couldn't find a good copy of the U S list. Uh, so anyways, um, I guess I should let you carry on with your 
dissertation. Yeah. I'm going to go a little into some of the people in the revolution here. Um, Actually, hey. Uh, yeah. Ah, there we go. Little technical difficulties with Scott power outages there. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, this is beyond technical difficulties. <laughs> I, I'm literally doing a show by candlelight right now. <laughs> uh, I have the first. According to that, I have one hour and fifty three minutes left. There you go. Until don't you have like little LED lamps that you can just turn? I got this little like cool LED lamp I can just turn on and shit. Yeah, yeah. Battery powered ones. I I could I could run around for another ten minutes to find my battery pack and run my lights. Mm. Um, but I, I would yeah. rather I would rather you get started. Let's roll. <laughs> roll with it, buddy. <laughs> okay, so the revolution, the band. Um. Uh, when Prince formed his backing band after the release of his first album, uh, he wanted a multiracial, multigendered musical ensemble. Uh, the original band was Prince on lead vocals, guitar, and piano, Des Dickerson on guitar, vocals, and background vocals, Andre Simone, who we've talked about on bass, Bobby Z on drums and percussion, Gail Chapman on keyboards, and Matt Fink on keyboards. Little background: A couple of these guys, Des Dickerson, born in '55, in Minneapolis. Um, he answered a call for Prince's uh, for Prince's as a touring musician in the Twin Cities Reader, a local entertainment paper, in '79. After a 15-minute audition on, at the back of Dell's Tire Mart, Dickerson was picked as guitarist in a 1980 went off on the road for Christmas break. Uh, he had this profound conversion experience and became a born again Christian. This led to some, he didn't like the stuff the band was singing. Uh, and, and that was kind of why he was only in just a couple albums. And then he decided to leave. Uh, this was uh, following the 1999 tour um, that he left to pursue other options. Then he was replaced by Wendy Melvoin, who we will talk about in a little bit. Andre, we talked about Andre Simone Anderson. I love Wendy. Born June 27th, 1958. Born in Minneapolis, Minnesota, to the front of Fred, uh, son of Fred Anderson and Bernadette, who was a social worker. He was the youngest of six children. Uh, Anderson soon had become an additional member of uh, young prince who had left his home due to his conflicts with his father. We talked about that. They were in Grand Central together. And uh, he invited yeah, his sister, Linda, and Morstay, blah, 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 blah. Whom else do we have? Ooh. Bobby Z, born Robert B. Rivkin. Uh, I guess he got his name from his grand. Oh, hey, you got light. I can see you. That's awesome. He got, the, he got the stage name Bobby Z. It was derived from his grandmother used to call him Buttsy. So they, he, that's where he got Bobby Z from. Um, Prince was pretty adamant about having a white drummer in an effort to have a racially diverse band. Uh, so Husney uh, implored Prince to audition this guy Rivkin. 
Uh, Rivkin had replaced Dale Alexander during the 94 East Band sessions that we talked about earlier. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dale later became the drummer for Prince's protege group Madhouse in 1987. By the time the 1999 album was released, he was relying more and more on electronic drums and Rivkin had to adapt his style to operate on these in concert as well as in the studio, uh, starting with Controversy. Uh, He contributed to Purple Rain, Around the World in a Day, Parade, Sign of the Times, and uh, in 1986, when Lisa and Wendy left, the group disbanded after the parade tour ended. Prince also took the opportunity to replace Rivkin with Sheila E., daughter of veteran Bay Area drummer and percussionist Pete Escovito. Who was awesome. I loved him on the timbales. <laughs> Dr. Fink, born Matt Fink in 1958 keyboardist producer and he's actually done some producing for and songwriting for uh, artists like uh the time uh lips incorporated uh vanity six david z bobby z p diddy the rembrandts just to name a few so he's he's kept up sorry with shiny things there <laughs> what were you lighting uh, it's a plasma lighter Oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> Here, watch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. little arc welding there. Damn, I um, love that. <laughs> Fink has won three Grammy Awards, three American Music Awards, and numerous IRAA Gold and Platinum Awards for his work with Prince of the Revolution. Um, he actually has co-writing credits on the song Dirty Mind, Computer Blue, 17 Days, America, going to be a beautiful night and session credits uh on the album dirty mind controversy 1999 purple rain around the world in the day parade side of the times love sexy the black album and graffiti bridge so he actually was with prince quite a while wow wendy wendy melvoin i oh shoot i got rid of my prince thing whole oh god i gotta pull it up where is it where are you Prince. Your microphone just did the funniest thing I think I've ever heard. What you, you apparently got really loud because it it shut everything down and it was oh, like no. a, it was like a boing. <laughs> awesome. I'll pull it away a little bit more. Sorry about that. No, don't um, worry. I mean, it was pretty. I just find it funny. <laughs> I have something else in here about. Here we go. So we'll talk about Lisa Coleman real quick. At age 12, Lisa Coleman got her professional start as a keyboardist in the bubblegum band Waldorf Salad. That band also <laughs> featured her siblings, Jonathan Melvoin. It was actually signed to AM Records in 73. Coleman had played a small role as a high school pianist in the Linda Blair made for TV film Sarah T, Portrait of a Teenage Alcoholic. Which I'm not entirely sure, but I think I may have seen at some point. Coleman was 18 to 19 years of age right out of high school when one of her good friends, Nikki Yogler, who was working as a secretary for Prince's personal manager, brought her to the attention of Prince. After some convincing on both ends, Yogler got Coleman an audition and she was hired as part of Prince's backing group in 1980 for the Dirty Mind album. 
before being so recruited. She had been working as a shipping clerk and teaching piano. Uh, she replaced the keyboardist Gail Chapman, which, if I'm not mistaken, isn't Gail Chapman the blonde girl that was in Purple Rain who was the waitress? I do believe so. Because they used everybody in that film. I mean, Des came back for that. I mean, they used everybody in that film. All right. What was, hang on. What was the name? Gail Chapman. Chap. And excuse me, I'm going to drink and it's going to be loud. Oh my God, is that good? <sighs> Holy cow. Ba, 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 ba. Coleman played keyboards for Prince on Controversy in 1999 Ooh. albums. Uh, Gail Chapman played uh, Bobby Z on drums and percussion. Gail Chapman on keyboards. So there you go. I don't... look up IMDb and see who the waitress was because she, the waitress in Purple Rain, was in. The little red Corvette videos kind of like hug it against Lisa when Lisa was playing keyboards in that video, if I'm not mistaken. So she's been with Prince before. Anyway. Purple Rain. So Coleman was in a long-term relationship with her musician friend, Wendy Melvoin, with whom she collaborated frequently. Um, one night when guitarist Des Dickerson did not show up for sound check. Prince asked Melvoin to play guitar. And that same night, Prince invited Melvoin to, in, to join the band. And it was, Prince was walking by Lisa's basically, you know, dressing room and heard somebody playing guitar. And he's like, wait, who's playing guitar? And she's like, it's, it's, it's Wendy. He's like, let me hear some more of that. And heard some more of that. I was like, all right, we're doing this. And that's kind of, you know, if you were talented, you were, ancillary people around Prince were highly talented and sometimes got a great break. And, and Wendy's definitely, you know, a part of that thing. Right. So, let's see. La, 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 la. So hold on. The concert was recorded. Da, 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 da. And Wendy helped contribute to projects like uh, the Apollonia 6 album, 1985's The Family, Prince of Revolution album Around the World in a Day. Uh, Melvoin performed with Prince at the Bangles show in 1986, appears on Prince's 1987 album Sign of the Time, Slow Love, Strange Relationships, Gonna Be a Beautiful Night. Um, oh, this one I didn't know. Melvin, uh, Wendy and Lisa composed music for the first season of the TV series Heroes. Didn't know that. So anyway, everybody's connected. It's scary. La 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 la. Yeah. Um, Duo oh, Wendy and Lisa. Blah, 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 blah. Crossing Jordan. They did songs for Crossing Jordan. Heroes. Uh, Nurse Jackie won an Emmy for outstanding main title theme, Prime Suspect, No Tomorrow, Witches of East End, and Touch. They also got Emmy nominations for that. They currently compose music for NBC's Shades of Blue. Uh, Coleman played vibraphone on Allison Chain's song Black Gives Way to Blue. 
Okay. Um, so that is kind of all the background stuff that I have. Everything else I have is kind of after Purple Rain, which means it's time for you to get your groove on. Well, actually, it means that it's a... Uh... a little bit of a break time i talked that long yeah okay fair enough we're taking a break how about that and what kick-ass and righteous music do you have to play us out of this one oh, 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 oh. <laughs> hang on here because i'm gonna have to uh i'm gonna have to do you're gonna do this manually yeah are you ready here wait there we go. So here is our break music. Folks, we'll be right back. Talk to you soon. Hey, make sure that you check back soon for part two of this podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, 
visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.